Welcome to another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes. I got one of the good homies here, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. Um, I kind of adopted his family as my own, you know. <laughs> Whenever I go down to Arkansas, they kind of want me there more than him. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you say absolutely? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for admitting that. I appreciate that. Glory to God. Uh, <laughs> now, with any event, man, I got a... Uh, the 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 right reverend uh Kevius wilson he also has a podcast called uh peach cobbler uh champagne and peach cobbler yes that, uh, he ain't allowed me to be on but such is life uh but yeah welcome uh Dekevious markel wilson to the show oh the whole government <laughs> name thank you donald eugene grayson jr I appreciate, oh my God, it took so long to get here on this podcast. I am so grateful that uh, you have allowed me to be here. Oh my goodness, such is life. Um, yeah, I, so I think the the thing that I ask everybody is, what's your favorite pair of gym shoes? My favorite pair of gym shoes. Now, mind you, everybody, I... <laughs> I grew up like wearing, I was a church boy. So I had like a lot of loafers, Stacey Adams, like c- kind of deal. I never really got into the whole gym shoe thing. I think the most basic gym shoe, um, and mind you, we call them tennis shoes. So that's just let you know uh, the d- culture difference. But um, what's the icy white Air Force Ones? That's what I was accustomed to growing up but um when you know better you do better uh being around you and being um just in merged in chicago culture i think my favorite gym shoe now is um the jordan ones okay that's fair jordan yeah. ones have made a huge resurgence in the last few years uh in the last couple of years um it's like 2015 maybe when they like brought back out the chicago ones but that's that's seems to hint over there that's it i like the jordan one it's comfortable my feet are fat so um <laughs> and so they they feel once i break in a pair of jordan ones they're amazing um and i wear them forever and ever i got the uh union blue toes so for whoever's listening to this yeah google those and i just like beat them to shreds um but I love them. I like Jordan ones. Um, that's funny that you said that I helped you with that. Lord Jesus. Um, Cause what year did you move to Chicago? I moved here in 2014. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 2014. Literally you, go ahead. I'm sorry. No. And I was just like, man, you've been like getting it cracking ever since you moved here. Yeah. Uh, it didn't start off that way definitely wasn't cracking when i uh <laughs> moved here uh it was definitely a culture shock and a change i was just thinking about um as i was driving um today that i was under a vidoc um at this stoplight and everything was just moving so fast and it was just like oh green like okay time to drive cars kept coming the light changed i'm like 
how do I get to the other street? Like, how does this work? And I said, I know how to drive, but how does this work? And mind you, that was the actual first day that I had moved uh, to Chicago. And I remember this gentleman, like he had to be like two cars behind me, get out of his car. And I literally saw him in my, you know, review mirror or whatever, walk up, knock on my window. And I'm thinking like, I didn't came all the way to Chicago and I'm finna get shot. Like <laughs> this man is upset that I am holding up traffic. Behind you, by that point, people are uh, honking and I'm sure they calling me everything but a friend. Um, and he literally just said, you gotta put yourself out there. Those were his words. I don't know who that man was. I hope he is still alive. If you are out there, thank you so much for telling me you got to put yourself out there because I have taken that and ran with it in every area of my life since I've been here. Mm. That's what's up. I think um, you, yeah, it's funny that you say that now because of just some of the risk that you've taken since you've been here uh, or the, the risk of coming up here. We literally had a conversation and was like, yo, if you want to come to Chicago, I got a couch. You know, um, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you took me up on it. And that led me to like the next thing uh, of kind of uh, falling out of friendship and then like re and then like rekindling friendship, so mm-hmm. to speak. Uh, but you have to kind of put yourself out there when you to fall out with somebody that like helped you out or like that was beneficial for you. And then, you know, you all start to put yourself out there to be like, yo, I want to be friends with that nigga again. You know, like, <laughs> like I want to do that. <laughs> you have to, kind of, you know, you got to put yourself out there for bo- in both ways. What has been some of like the other risks that you've taken that since you've been in Chicago? I think, um, and it was one where it was as simple as, you know, uh, for the most part, I didn't, you know, you were in, and a couple of other individuals were the only people that I knew. My comfort zone um, from everybody that I, everybody that I love, your whole support system just gone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, my grandma told me, you know, I, I was telling her it was just becoming really arduous in meeting new people mm-hmm. and she told me she was just like you know kale you have to to be you know a, to get a friend you have to show yourself friendly and when she said that i had literally you know re-examined myself like i had started to shut down i had really started you know not be myself so to speak. And I had to kind of lose myself a little bit to like kind of really one, appreciate who I was before I moved here. And then to, um, you know, kind of like re-examine, you know, who I was and how I want to show up as a man in the world, so to speak. And so from that conversation, because, you know, people were, you know, I would say, hey, let's go grab a bite to eat or let's go get coffee because, you know, everybody knows I love Starbucks. Let's go, you know, <laughs> get coffee. And people were like, well, why do you want to go some get something to eat or go get coffee? Mm-hmm. 
because I might be hungry and you seem like a good person to go, you know, I'm trying to, you know, build friendships here. Um, but, you know, that's the difference between someone from the South and then someone uh, from up North, as we would say, uh, even though this is the Midwest. Um, and, you know, just climbing over those hurdles and, you know, I, and then it just honestly changed all of a sudden. It literally changed, like, it felt like overnight where things and the right people were starting to come into my life and even when they started to come into my life um our you and i's relationship had to be looked at and had to be re-examined um because you were doing things on your own and had situations going on of of yourself and then also i was you know he's so shady uh, (laughs) but then also it, it wasn't it wasn't that much shade in that statement, but <laughs> it was enough. Um, but then I had things that I were, you know, I was figuring out and, you know, starting to kind of make a name and a footing for myself here. That makes sense. I think, uh, so just for reference, you are from West Helena, Arkansas. Right. A small town about the size of less than the size of the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned it was a culture shock. It was a culture shock for me being down there because you walked in everywhere and everybody knew who you was. Like, they knew lineage. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they mm-hmm. knew grandma all the way down. Um, so, you know, I go in certain places and it's like that, but, like, literally everywhere you went, it was like that. But I want to talk more so about just small town living as opposed to you know being in a big city mm-hmm. like what's that similarity not the difference but like the, what similarities are there small town versus big city um yeah. there is there will always be no matter where you're at like a, a sense of community mm-hmm. so even though my my sense of community looked totally different from yours and that as far as the vernacular and the um the the tone of it all and and the you know food because i didn't know what the hell monster choli was (laughs) (laughs) until i moved here at um, least we don't eat Rotel. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you would not do Rotel because a lot oh, of people God. I know up here love Rotel. But anyway, that's um, poverty food. It is not. Um, anyway, so, but everybody loves to have a good time and to come together. Mm-hmm. And and, the, and I think that's just the black community in itself. Like one thing we're gonna do, whether it's for a funeral or a wedding, we gonna get together. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's a similarity there. Um, also, a similarity is is that you know people actually do look out for other people up here up north. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it sounds different and looks different, but it's the same. Um, you know, people will look out for one another in that sense. 
And, you know, another thing is everybody wants in some way um, or another wants to feel valued. And so, yeah, those are some similarities between the big, the, the big city and the small town living. Okay. So I think that I, I experienced that too. Um, it's interesting that you say the, the sense of community. Uh, I know on the first episode I talked about, uh, well, the episode I dropped first uh, for the podcast, we talked about community, uh, a biblical community, but just having, having people around you that like you really rock with that you don't that you can go to and just be your authentic self right you can uh, a lot of people know that like dream girls is one of my favorite movies right mm-hmm. and i don't really care if anybody judges me you know that they're hearing that but like i like dream girls but like you know having people around you that'd be like you know that you can quote jimmy early to you know well, that you mm-hmm. can, you know, that you like, Effie, Curtis was supposed to love me, you know? Right. <laughs> and they get it. And, you know, you don't even have to, you don't have to do anything. Or, you know, people where I can listen to bounce music on a random ride down the street, right? These are just mm-hmm. things that all come to me that I really, really like. Or the fact that you, that I can eat Luella's four times a month. Um, and they're just like, yeah, oh shoot, DJ want to go to Luella's again, you know, because <laughs> it's one of my yeah. favorite places to go. Shout out to Luella's. They're not paying for this, but if you, you know, if they ever listen to this, go ahead, break you know, slot, break me off some food. Y'all don't even got to pay me. Just break me off some food. Um, you know, so having those people around you and building that community, um, it's really interesting that you say this because, um, I have those places up here in the, in the north, but it was it was amazing. Like when I walked through the house, it was like, "Yo, cousin, come on!" Like, just oh, you with DK? Okay, cool. You you with us? Like, here go your food. Here go this where you stay in. Like, you sure you don't need nothing? And it, it, I'm sure that's how my, I know that's how my family was with you. But it was yeah. just like crazy to see like droves of people because we went down there for a funeral the first. We went down there twice for funerals. But even still, it was just like droves of people that did this. And it was just like, God, leave. Like, I don't even remember everybody's name. And it was, they, that didn't matter to them. They just was like, okay, cool. You were DK, so you good. Yeah, I, and I do have to make this uh, insertion. So in uh, 2020, my uh, grandfather passed away, um, actually the same day as Kobe. And um, about, I think maybe later on that day or the day after that, my aunt calls and she said, um, you know, she asking how I'm doing and all that kind of stuff. And she said, we want DJ to be a pallbearer. <laughs> <laughs> Call and ask him. Uh, and I barely got out to say, oh, you know, I'm grieving or I cried this morning. And, and I was just like, oh, I'm all right. Anyway, ask DJ, we want him to be a pallbearer. Ask him if, if he would do it. And I'm just like, but I'm the one who's in in mourning. But you like, know, this is my daddy. Like my daddy passed away. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> but the thing is, the closeness of the both of us. My granddaddy really, really respected um, and and loved DJ. And um, and it's very. And my grandfather grandfather was one of those men who was very cautious 
about who um, he led into his personal space. And, um, you know, honestly, you know, at my great grandmother's funeral in 2019, my grandfather started to have, he suffered from dementia, started to kind of have an episode. And I asked him, I said, granddaddy, you know, you know, I went to DJ first. I was like, DJ, will you, you know, I'm trying to be with my grandmother. Can you, which is, it was her mother, um, take care of my grandfather and take him to the truck. And of course, DJ obliged, but I then went to my granddad. I said, granddaddy, um, you want to go to the truck with DJ? And he looked, he said, yeah, let's go DJ. And, and, you know, that made me, and I'm sure my grandmother and them seeing it made them feel some reassurance that like, you know, granddaddy had someone that he trusted in those moments. And so them seeing that into the point where he went home to be with the Lord, they, you know, wanted, cause it's an honor to be a pallbearer for somebody, uh, yeah. at least in our culture. Right. And so mm -hmm. for them to see that and express that and to know how close we are, uh, even to the point where my granddaddy one time prayed for DJ and I's friendship. Like that's how valued he is, you know, and was to my grandfather. So, but yeah, yeah they I, asked him to be a Paul bear. And I was just like, okay, I'm just coming. It's, this is, this is for DJ. I'm just coming along. <laughs> <laughs> the funniest thing in the world and what's funny is that they, this is an inside joke, but it was like, them bitch beat me out my clothes. <laughs> oh, God. oh my God. That is another conversation. Oh, God. That don't never, ever, ever be something that I put on the air. But, um, <laughs> the, like, the story, never. But that's funny. Um, uh, but, Robertson, so the, the, the reason why I brought up uh, Mr. Sims' uh, your granddad is because he's somebody who I want to model or that I've been modeling myself after. Um, my prayer has been in the last like two, three years. Uh, my prayer has been to God has been God make me a husband. Right. Um, mm -hmm. It's not good enough to just, you know, be a man. And, you know, a lot of people have these misconceptions about like what's supposed to happen in a relationship. The biggest thing now is like, oh, what is this woman bringing to the table? And it's like, like, nah, bro. Like, if you have it, it that if you are husband, if you are a husband, you will then attract a wife, right? I know the Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds, you know, um, he obtains favor from the Lord, right? But mm -hmm. in any event, like there are things that you have to do when you get a wife because you will mishandle a wife if you are not a husband um, mm -hmm. or if you do not know how to take care of it. And that's with anything, right? Uh, the Bible talks about, you know, the man with the talents or the, the three men with the talents, like the one man, he had that one talent and he just went and buried it. And then the other ones, they had they had them and then they went and flipped them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so Mr. Sims, like just learning all about him like you got to grow up in a house with like a renaissance man. Like the man was like, yo, build my house like this, have my gas station like this. Um, I'm going I'm to do these tombs uh, or the, what, what do they call it? Y'all call them headstones. Yeah, yeah. Do these headstones. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make, they not doing no black people headstones. Um, 
I'm going to start doing black people headstones around the neighborhood. But the mm-hmm. way he got to that or became a Renaissance man um, was because of your mother's passing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I know that it's twofold. Um, you cut periods of grief kind of supercharge you a little bit, I believe. Um, and so it cut that period kind of supercharged him because his daughter passed away. Um, but I want to backtrack a little bit because like, I'm bringing up something new about your story. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you was a shorty, mm-hmm. um, and your mom passed away, um, she was dating some guy or whatever. And unfortunately that guy took her life. Right. Yes. Um, Take me back to, what was it, nine-year-old DK? Eight-year-old DK? Yeah, nine-year-old. All right, take me back to nine-year-old DK because somebody else is like, they out there and their parent may have just passed away and they 20, right? So what is it like going on? Because you're like 45-ish, right? So like 35 years. You You lucky Jesus is in the name of this podcast because you literally almost got cussed out. Uh, So the 45-year-old, you know, what was that nine-year-old? Take me back there and like some of the stuff that take take me back to to nine-year-old DK, finding that out. Um I knew inherently something was wrong. It was Mm -hmm. nothing that no one had said to me. It was literally the air being still and it I can feel it being still and things just being slower than what they usually are and then the energy changing all around you um even before it happened because I was with my mother before um she was you know assassinated um, I knew something was wrong. Uh, the, you know, I, I remember those last moments. I remember her driving me to my grandparents' house, um, you know, that day. And later that night, you know, what transpired had transpired. Um, and from there, I just saw people literally, like, I felt like souls were just like of of my relatives of my mother's siblings and of course of my grandparents I felt them take a hit and you know losing any family members is tough but I didn't realize because I'm nine years old the type of you know you have that one person in your family that everyone just you know that person has it uh, my mother was so many things to her siblings. And then she turned around and was so many things to, of course, me. And then so many things to her um, parents. And one thing I learned was that when a person dies, they die a different person to the people that they are connected with because of the way that they showed up in those individual lives. Mm-hmm. And so... I had a little, I was the one that had the least amount of time on this earth with my mother. Uh-huh. Um, 
you know, I, I remember, you know, her favorite food. I remember, you know, listening to the radio with her. I remember her dropping me off at school, that kind of thing. Um, but I literally saw the, the grief and still sometimes see the remnants of that grief uh, today because that happened in 96 and now it's 2021. I can still see the remnants of that and how it has affected you know, my family members and how it also shows up in when other people have passed away or something else dramatic or traumatic happens um, yeah. because of, you know. They go to that moment. Like they, they, one, of your, they, one of your aunties was her best friend, baby. And she was she was still mentioning that, like, you know, 20 some odd years, you know, years later, like, yo, that was, that was <laughs> my sister was my G like, yeah. And I don't think she fully recovered from that, you know, Absolutely. even, you know, 20 some odd years later, 23 yeah. years later. Right. Or 20, what's it? 25 years. Um, yeah. she's still like going through, you know, even with that, that's. I, and so going back to a nine year old DK in that moment, I, I knew that, um, when my grandmother, my grandmother told me, she said, your mother's no longer here. And I'm just like, well, what does that mean? You know, is she at the mall? Is she, cause everybody's at the house and I'm like, oh, everybody's here. You know, it wasn't a holiday. It wasn't, you know, what's going on. But I knew something was wrong, but I just didn't knew that, you know, the next time I would see her, she would be lying in a casket. Mm-hmm. And so from there, I don't think I took, um, I didn't know what processing was. I'm sure I cried, but I was just amazed at looking at the individuals around me and and what they were literally experiencing. I, I can remember the church being full where people were standing outside. Um, but I also clear as day remember seeing my grandfather shed tears and that was the first time I had ever seen you know my superman uh shed tears in that way um and then of course my grandmother um not to go into much of her story but to see her like you know that was her firstborn and and how connected that they were and you know seeing her not like literally seeing her being a human and and grieving and mourning. Like I had never seen a whale or heard a whale or travail before until that moment. And uh, it was, it it was something. And so me taking it in, I was like, well, since everybody else is like literally not at the capacity to like hold themselves up, let me like contain myself to make sure that I am one less thing that they have to worry about. Yeah. So that's that's where I was at. Yeah. That's why. So one thing that I've always noticed is that you are hella like, like your empathy for other people is, is sometimes I, I tell you it's over the top. I'm just like, bro, like, why do you care that much? Or not even that you care that much, but just like, how do you feel like what it is that they're feeling? How do you, why do you, 
why are you so in tune with what other people got going on? Um, but now, I mean, that's, that's interesting she say that because you had to feel it as a nine-year-old. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And, and for that to be opened up at such a young age, I don't think it's ever been closed. Mm-hmm. I've just had to learn how to guard it and protect it. Wow. I felt like one of them moments where you gotta let the beat breathe. <laughs> you had to like drop the mic right there. Well, I'm gonna end on that note. We're gonna have to pick it up again. I know, I know it was like, ah, I know yeah. y'all, y'all ready for some more, but yeah, I'm gonna have to bring them back again. We're gonna we're gonna stop it right there and we're gonna let y'all hear part two. Uh this has been another episode of Jesus and Gym Shoes where we have unparalleled conversations about Jesus and life skills or life skills in Jesus. Um, appreciate you. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on all the places that you're listening to this. Share with somebody um, and make sure that you have a unparalleled conversation um, about something this week. Peace. Peace.